Right, good morning everyone. Matthew back again with another triage episode. Uh, apologies, didn't upload one last week. Tom and Ed let me out for a little break. So I was allowed outside the Medics Money recording studio for a bit of fresh air and a coffee. So I'm back again, and in case you're new here, triage is where we take some of the more popular episodes and concepts from the main series, and we just condense them down a little bit. We have a chat, we have a coffee, fairly standard stuff. So this week is actually taken from an episode Tommy did with Hassan Cuba who wrote the best business book of the year in 2021 called The Unfair Advantage. Now, for reference, this is episode 134, starting a side hustle using your unfair advantage, and it aired on January the 3rd, 2023, and it was immensely popular. So there's a lot of interesting stuff in here about how Hassan himself was born in Baghdad, moved to London, and even went to medical school for a bit. So be sure to check out the full episode wherever you can. And let's get into the clips. So this first clip is all about the fact that we all actually have an unfair advantage when it comes to business. Now this can be an attribute such as charisma, or agility, or brain power. All these natural inclinations that help us, and that actually, we could really think about using. The background to the book is, I was very much always into self-development books. I read them a lot, to the point where I think I really imbibed and bought into the whole, I think one of the big themes in self-development and self-help books is that you are in control of your circumstances. You are in control of the results in your life. It's this idea of empowering you and giving you agency, which is, you know, it's a very useful thing and it's very powerful and I understand why they do that. But I think one of the consequences of buying into that is another way to put it. It's almost as if it's like, believing in nurture a hundred percent and not nature at all you know that's the kind of thing that you'll come away with and what they would do in business books and self-development books is assume we all start from the same starting line which is absolutely not the case it's everybody is different and what we saw the gap in and the insight was we would see all these aspiring startup founders or you know early stage tech startup founders and they would pitch us. You know, it's a bit like Dragon's Den. They'd come in and it was fun and I did enjoy it, which is why I got involved in it. What we'd notice is that a lot of them kind of believed the same thing. It's that if they just work hard enough, they'll get there. You know, all they need is hard work and sweat. And I think that it's like necessary, but not sufficient. <laughs> Essentially, hard work is definitely important, but I think it's just, it's absolutely not the only variable at all about whether you succeed or not. It's not a level playing field. With business in particular, people have so many unfair advantages, it's unbelievable. And so that's kind of how it came to be. We were like, there's this X factor to the startup founders that succeed, or we believe they'll succeed, or we'll believe that they'll be able to close their round of funding versus the ones that can't. The ones that can't get any traction, can't get any belief, or can't get, even get through to the investors. And that thing we called the unfair advantage. Do they have an unfair advantage? What is their unfair advantage? We started using that framework. And that's hence why the book is called The Unfair Advantage. The idea being that just like in sport, you gave the basketball example. And I think like we can all agree and we can all kind of believe in talent and unfair advantages when it comes to things like, let's say, singing. <laughs> you know, t- is, Do they have the talent or not? It's called The X Factor, the show for a reason, right? And we believe it's clearly the case in sports as well. Like you see swimmers with their long arms and long legs. Look at Michael Phelps. He's basically designed to be able to swim really fast. And you look at basketball players who are super tall. And if you're not that tall, then you have a huge disadvantage. So being tall is an unfair advantage in basketball. It's nothing to do with how hard they work. It's nothing to do with anything. It's just genetic, mostly. I think what we wanted to say is 
this also exists in other places as well. We all know this. So let's not assume that this isn't the case in business. Let's not assume this isn't the case in success, however you want to define, you know, in the broad definition of success that society will give. And I think that's what we wanted to highlight. We wanted to highlight that there's different types of unfair advantages. Some people might have money. Some people might have like crazy genius level intelligence. Some people might have a unique insight that only they have pretty much. Some people might have amazing expertise and education to be able to create the right product to solve the problem in a good way. They might be at the right place at the right time. They might have the right status and the right credentials to be able to raise funding, you know, pull together a team, to be able to actually create a good product, to actually be able to reach customers. All these things, you know, there's a lot of unfair advantages involved. And that's what we wanted to talk about. So we say it's a very unique book. It's a very groundbreaking book because no other business book even acknowledges that some people have an advantage over others. They just assume everybody's starting in the same spot. In this next clip, Hassan rightly points out that we shouldn't necessarily discount the role of talent when it comes to unfair advantages. Now, there seems to be a bit of a dichotomy between working hard and natural talent. And there's kind of definitely a debate to be had around the two. Because on the one hand, I personally believe that hard work can pretty much get you anywhere. But also, it's, it's kind of silly to discount the role of talent. Some people are just naturally amazing, you know, in any given thing. Now, personally, I'm kind of leaning towards more the hard work side. Now, I'm going to put it straight with you guys. I've never been good at maths. It's never kind of clicked. I've, you know, I enjoyed doing it, but it's never clicked. It's never been a natural talent. So when I got to university to do my economics degree, there were some hard truths <laughs> and it took a lot of time and a lot of catching up. But, you know, by the end, I was doing all sorts of maths. I was doing all the, all the maths to do the economics. I, you know, I fully caught myself up and I truly believe that was just through, you know, grit, hard work and um, eventually understanding a bit of maths. One of the other things is talent. I touched on it a little bit, which is that there's a chapter in the book called Yes, Talent Does Exist. And it's like such an obvious thing, but there were so many books written in the mid 2010s, let's say, that were all about how talent doesn't exist. Talent is overrated. It's all about the 10,000 hours. It's all about the hard work you put in. And honestly, that's just not true. Like, why are we lying to people? Why are we lying to ourselves? It really isn't the case. And yes, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. But imagine if you're talented and work hard, like then you're going to win. It's very obvious. So I think this is the kind of obvious things that we wanted to highlight. And we wanted people to play to their advantages and double down on their strengths rather than just beat themselves up for not being able to succeed in any endeavor or any, you know, kind of industry or vertical or role or whatever it is. Okay. The next clip talks about mindset and how it can be so important when it comes to business. So Tommy Ned know from building medics money from the ground up, what kind of mindset is required in these, especially in these early days of business. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll be more than aware of Tommy's own financial position growing up. And to be honest, how it drove it to form medics money as it stands today. Perfectly brought us onto the idea that, oh, you know, you might be think, hearing this and thinking, I don't have all these unfair advantages. I don't have a rich uncle who <laughs> put money into my business. Neither do I. Mum and dad. Yeah, exactly. So we talk about the double-edged nature of unfair advantages. Actually, what can seem like an advantage can be a disadvantage and vice versa. You can turn a disadvantage into an advantage as you just touched on with the right mindset. And this is actually very important. And me and Ash don't come from privileged backgrounds. And that's one of the key things. I think if we'd come as super privileged guys and written a book like this and just said, yep, yeah, if you don't have it, then, <laughs> then tough luck. Then I think it's a very different vibe. I think one of the biggest themes was gratitude is look at what you've got, make an audit of what you have and be grateful 
because a lot of the time it'll give you so let's say having less money will make you more motivated will light a fire under you whereas growing up with comfort and wealth it just does the opposite and makes you more likely to go off the rails or maybe even have other issues so yeah it's a very nuanced topic but the key is that use you as an example now Tommy you mentioned that coming from a working class background so what we say is that in terms of status and in terms of all the stuff that I mentioned before all the different types of like you know there's like cultural capital and social capital that you might be lacking implicit knowledge which I already touched on so that's a disadvantage right and obviously money like just straight up just not having money but then also you have the advantage of having insight into what it's like to be working class more people are kind of scraping by than are thriving so therefore you have more of an insight into what more people think and what more people are going through you also have an insight of as you mentioned what it's like to go from debt to having more money and also it can drive you so there's all these other benefits having little money can make you more creative that's a huge one that we touched on in the book we would see that with startup founders all the time if they had loads of funding and lots of money they'd be extremely uncreative and extremely just burn through cash because they'll be like oh we'll just do google ads and facebook ads and it's like well yeah that's when you have no imagination and you just want to throw money at a problem and it's not a good way to do it so yeah it makes you more resourceful makes you more hungry there's lots of benefits and that's a huge theme we love talking about is how you can turn a disadvantage into an advantage in the next clip Hassan dispels some myths for us especially about starting a side hustle now the first of these is the idea that your idea for business does not have to be completely unique the key takeaway is that there are multiple ways to look at a problem a different perspective a different way you can approach it something different something unique not in and of itself but a different spin to address a problem in a different way. It just needs to be a slightly different perspective, slightly different take, a slightly different approach to something that already exists. In fact, when something's completely, completely new, it's kind of a red flag. If somebody's pitching me and says, oh, there's no competitors at all. And you think, well, maybe there's no competitors for a good reason. It's very rare that somebody does something completely from scratch. It's usually has some kind of equivalent that exists out there, at least to some extent. So that's number one. Doesn't need to be completely neat. Right. This final clip then regards letting go of control, which in my mind is like when you grow your business to a certain size, there's naturally going to become a point where you need to delegate some of these tasks away from yourself. I mean, the size of makes money now couldn't just be Tommy and Ed anymore. You know, one stage, definitely. But now it's just grown into so many different facets that there has to be a, a loss of control. And I really think Tommy should come on triage and we'll have a little interview with him like Candid. I think he definitely felt this way with Medic's money at times, kind of letting, you know, not micromanaging as you hear in the clip, delegating roles away, especially to myself. So I think it'd be a really good interview to have with him. Common errors that you see, you know, sort of smaller one or two people businesses make as they scale to become a sort of five to 10 person business. Again, asking for a friend, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but the biggest, the most common thing, and this is just genuinely just a hard thing to learn, is to learn to delegate. It's so hard. It ties into the whole do-it-yourself, the whole kind of almost like a working class slash growing up with, you know, not having... Like somebody growing up in a wealthy household, they usually have like staff. They have maids, they have nannies, they have au pairs, they have like... Do you know what I mean? They leverage things. They even some of them have private chefs. I go to a really fancy gym now. And my personal trainer, we connect because he's from working class background as well. And he was like, oh my God, these guys, they just send a message to their chefs. And ask them to create something for them and stuff. So it's really interesting because you have to think about it like that. How do you delegate? How do you focus on the highest leverage work where you really have the unfair advantage? Something that is the core to the business that you can't delegate away. And then really try and delegate away everything else. 
Now, delegate doesn't mean abdicate. Neither does it mean micromanage. Again, now we're getting to management skills and hiring skills. And that's a difficult balance to learn. And you can only learn by doing, really, of like being a bit of a micromanager there. I'm really annoying. Oh, actually, I'm being too relaxed and not looking at what they're doing and just leaving them be too much. And how do you even hire and what you try and hire for is somebody who's ready for it as opposed to, you know, somebody who you hope will step up into the role. There's all these different things about hiring and management that it reaches when you're at that stage of a business. Does that resonate as like that's kind of difficult to do? Now, Hassan debunks a load of other myths on the actual podcast, but I'm feeling unkind. So if you want to hear them, you're going to have to go and check out the full episode wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, thanks for tuning in to Triage. It's been a real pleasure. Hopefully you found this useful. As I say, it was quite a popular episode back when it first aired. And I hope you have a lovely week wherever you are. Cheers.